Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology Day. I'm so grateful you're here with us, and I'm so thankful to be your host. We're going to be looking at issues with historical investigation of the Exodus, and I'm getting that from page 233 of the Popular Handbook of Archaeology in the Bible by Holden Geisler, one of the best books out. If you've got a friend that's struggling with their faith, or an agnostic or an atheist, hand them the book. It's like my brother-in-law one time, he said that uh, he was working with a uh, Jewish person who had some stereotypes about Christianity and Jesus. And he said, well, have you ever read the New Testament? He said, well, no. And so he, he gave him a New Testament and said, why don't you just start in Matthew? He said by the time he got to like Matthew 26, he came to work. He was like, Steve, my brother-in-law's name was Steve as well. I said, this is, this is incredible. He became a Christian of some sort. <laughs> So sometimes you just need to read the original sources. So let's get started. Again, thanks for being here with us. Issues with historical investigation of the Exodus. Historians must investigate ancient literature, not prejudge it, to try and to objectively assess whether it's credible and reliable or composed of fabrication, myth, or legend, or is otherwise untrustworthy. If the ancient document passes the test to survive investigation, then its credibility will be high and one can rely on it, telling the truth to the degree that depends on how extensively it was tested. Historical investigation is not 100% certain. Procedure and absolute guaranteed results. That's true. Nevertheless, the Bible remains the one outstanding piece of ancient literature that excels in putting historical investigations mounted by even its harshest critics. This does not mean we have given the Bible a free pass regarding its trustworthiness. The free pass approach uses the faulty logic that declares, for example, we don't know what the ancients knew, so who are we to criticize the eyewitness or author of the book? In other words, the free pass approach maintains that critics cannot criticize because they're looking back 3,500 years. Supposedly, our day cannot provide a superior vantage point in any way to that of the one who experienced events of that time. And there is some validity to that. Let me just say that. I think that just doesn't trump everything else. But this tired truism, which may not be true, cannot answer factual questions. Yes, as a general rule, we normally prefer contemporaneous eyewitness accounts over that of later material, no doubt. But in some cases, we today might well know more than that of ancient author knew about his own time, especially places far away from him. Rapid electronic communications that did not exist 3,500 years ago, to our knowledge, we won't go into that. It is possible that someone in one town might not know what had occurred in a neighboring town or surrounding geographical area, given the isolation imposed by older methods of communication. By excavating a library of clay tablets covering thousands of years of history, we might well know more than the average person looking back then or even the average temple scholar who did not have access or could not read the language used in the tablets. For example, the Sumerian language used in some tablets in later Babylonia, which was a language not known to the general population or to any but the inner circle of scribes and specially trained princesses, or priests, excuse me, not princesses. A um, lot of nuances there, a lot of new. I mean, a lady who's cooking in her house knows what's going on and how she cooked and all this far better than we would probably ever be able to know 
but again, there's nuances. On the other hand, it's also possible that an ancient scholar eyewitness 3,500 years ago can indeed have a clearer view of his own history than we do today, in spite of technological limitations. We just cannot prejudge the question one way or the other, and then use the prejudgment to entirely sweep away critical objections to the Bible's historicity. We need to address the fundamental issues straight on, and in the case of the Exodus, we have an abundance of evidence. And I will say this too, that there is uh, like an argument of silences. Like, I get this a lot, it seems, that people say, even in young earth creationism, well, have you found kangaroo bones in Afghanistan? Well, <laughs> we'll go into why they ask that question. We, there's probably a, maybe billions of bones we haven't found in Afghanistan. So the lack of them doesn't mean they never existed in Afghanistan. It means we haven't discovered them yet. And so it is with archaeology. And we just want to say, hey, God bless you. Thanks for being with us today. Appreciate you. I appreciate this great book by Holden and Geisler as well. And, uh, hey, share with your friends, family, church family, Sunday school classes. Let them come on board. Pray for us. Listen to our playlist. Leave us a five-star review. Maybe make a uh, journal or a notebook of things you find interesting. Just helps people find us. And uh, join us next time. I try to do at least one or two a day. So God bless you. Love you. Bye-bye.